0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial, Steve Peasley President, KPP Financial, Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, February 12, 2020. And there of course as usual, all lots of news coming out every day. Today, I guess, uh, you know, the coronavirus threat is kind of calming down. The market has already dismissed most of it. Because you can tell how it reacted today. You know, even though there's more deaths. But it does seem like there was some news out that the the pace of the expansion of the virus is slowing. So, I think that's, you know, I think we're past the, the, the hump. But we'll see. We'll see. But... The reason why you listen to us, a market, our invest, talk here, is because we know what drives the market. But you know, should we react to it? Many times we shouldn't, because it's not. You know, you look for opportunities in a, in a some, and when the market starts to throw, throw itself in a panic. But you know, if you're a long-term investor, short-term events don't really mean a much. They really don't. So this black, they call it black swan event of this coronavirus, doesn't really mean much in the long run. Now it's a question of how much damage is done to the economy of China. We won't know that for a while. So if you listen to the show to get some, you know, down-to-earth, common sense feedback and maybe help with some strategies. The market is just going to continue to be volatile. That's just the way it is, I think, for this year. I think we just have to live with it. Right now, we're dealing with a lot of up volatility, but you know, that could change pretty quickly. Don't think it's all going to be up. It won't be. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you'll call me this hour. This is a call-in show. Uh, through InvestTalk radio program and the podcast, my company KPP Financial, I can help you become a better investor. That's the goal. One way Justin and I to do that, Justin Klein and I do that, is to you know we implement a philosophy of sharing everybody's opinions, success stories, uh, you know, whatever we can share with everybody, the better off we all are. And we're going to share you share with you ours. You know, no, we're not always right. We're not. Trust me. Over the years, I have learned many times that you know, just because you're right, you know, often doesn't mean you're always going to be right. There's always something to make you humble, especially in the stock market. That's why I try to, you know, tamper down everybody's greed about how well the market's doing. I mean, the market—it's been very unusual for a number of years being so well being so strong. That's not normal. We have, we're at an abnormality here of le- length of a bull market, length of an economic recovery from the 2008, 2000, beginning of 2009 recession. The market started to move up March of 2009. And there's been some hiccups along the way, but generally speaking, it's been a pretty strong ride up. There's going to be an upcoming, uh, you know, uh, some kind of event that would cause it to turn around and give some of this back. I don't know how much, but it's going to be a correction. I just can't tell you when and how much. I just can't. There's no telling. But I'm going to help you with getting through any of it, all of it. I'm Steve Peasley. I sure hope that you call me. This is a call-in show. And one way we do that is, you know, we're going to all share everything, as I said. It's really pretty simple. My investments right, along my, right alongside my clients. So if we do well, they do well. If I do poorly, I do poorly. Uh, and we call it, you know, a parallel investing. I, in every one of my programs, I'm in all of them. And if I have a bad year, I have a bad year. Do you know who has had a bad year this year? Now, as one of my talking points today is Warren Buffett. Last year, 2019, he did not have a good year. I we'll want talk about that. Why? It's Warren Buffett we're talking here. So, We'll see. This is a live show. I'm looking forward to your calls. The number is 888-99-CHART. And you've probably heard that my February 27th uh, consultation schedule for San Jose is filled. And so we set up another date. Uh, So this time I'm going to have Justin Klein go up to San Jose the very next month, March 20th. So um, Because we had a couple of people that wanted to get in. I just couldn't do it because my day is full. So, you know, Justin was, was... kind enough to take over uh, um, to go up there and meet with these people on March 20th. So if you want to meet with him, no obligation, portfolio reviews, you got to get in contact and set up a time. It's all about helping you achieve financial freedom, everybody. We sit down with one on one consultation, talk to you, find out where you are in your financial life uh, and everything else and see if we can help you in one way or another, whether you become a client or not. Yeah, whatever. Maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't, maybe we won't fit. That's okay. But we will help you no matter what. So, new date Justin Klein, San Jose, March 20th. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. My main talking point today concerns a report by uh, from the Federal Reserve. Household debt jumps the most in 12 years. Total household debt balances increased by $601 billion last year, and they now surpass $14 trillion for the first time. So I'm going to talk about that, tell you what I think about it. Other things we want to talk about. Is the market showing signs of being tired? So we'll talk about that. Big tech getting bigger. I want to talk about that. And finally, Warren Buffett. I want to talk about his performance last year. Last year, because it was pretty, uh, it was pretty under, uh, under, underwhelming for Warren. So we're going to talk about that. Those are going to be my talking points today. But of course, you come first. What do you want to talk about? The market, the Dow was up today, 275 points, the Nasdaq up 87, and the S&P up 22. Remember, yesterday it was kind of flat. It was up most of yesterday, and then it gave back a lot of it on the end of the day. You know what they call that? They call that a shooting star. Have you ever heard that term before? But that's what they call that. Um, So today, it kind of shrugged off that, and it shrugged off the coronavirus and decided to rally. So this, we've been in a, what, a, a two-, three-week rally now? So how long would this last? No, I don't know. We'll, I, we'll see. It's markets definitely, the stocks and the indexes are, are overbought, clearly overbought, meaning they're going to have to give some of it back pretty soon. Doesn't have to be a lot, but it's got to be some. Let's go to Sid in North Carolina. How you doing, Sid? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call.
2: Thanks for the, taking the call, uh, being a regular listener, enjoying your show. Today, I just like to discuss the uh, ticker symbol, Shopify, Top. Uh, I'm trying to uh, get into this uh, area and like to hear your opinion. Uh, it seems pretty growth uh, in the last uh, few quarters and everything looks pretty uh, shining. Just like to hear your feedback first. Thank you. I'll listen to your We're talking the about-
1: podcast. Sure. Okay, we're talking about Shopify Inc., right? Uh, S-H-O-P, it's a symbol. S-H-O-P. It's correct. They had a big day today. It was up 7.8%. It had a break, uh, a break up, break out. It already was at a 52-week high. Uh, it was the earnings report, I believe, that did it. Yeah, looks like, yeah. It was an earnings report. They had very good earnings. Uh, provides cloud-based commercial platform for small and medium-sized business via subscription and merchant solution. They're gonna make uh, they're gonna make this year ninety-six cents a share. That's hundred percent more than they made last year. Next year it's gonna be a dollar sixty a share. And that's sixty-seven percent. And sales growth are growing in the mid forties percent every quarter for the last five quarters. Before that was in the fifty or sixty percent growth. So. You know, it's been growing very big. Uh, now the question is, how expensive is it? Well, it's a five hundred and thirty-one dollar stock going to make a dollar sixty. That is an insane expense. That is a that is a dot com kind of stock where you know price of the stock doesn't have any doesn't have any reality with the with the with the earnings. This, and the reason why that is because everybody's so excited about the sales and the fast growth of sales and earnings. Meanwhile, the of equity is only 3%. Uh, so if it, so how do you evaluate that? How do you, And it jumped up today. <laughs> I mean, on good news. So it's very difficult to evaluate this stock because it's so overpriced. If you own it, you just keep writing it up. I wouldn't be a buyer of it. Because it's so expensive, I mean a dollar sixty. A normal PE, let's say it's growing forty percent. Let's say you give it a high forty PE, this stock shouldn't be more than eighty bucks. If a, if you give it a forty PE, you know 40, 45 PE because that's what the growth rate is. That it's so expensive at at five hundred thirty one dollar stock to make a dollar sixty. When I'm telling you eighty PE is is pretty 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 pricey at that. So. It's one of those stocks. It's just impossible, said. Uh, if you own it, you keep riding it. But if you don't own it, I, I wouldn't be a buyer. This scares me. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you will tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe, and please take a second to rate us. Rate Invest Talk podcast. You can do that at iTunes, Spotify. Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888 99 chart.
3: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume, because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
2: Hey guys, this is Michael. I wanted some more exposure into the materials sector, so I picked up a company called International Paper Company, (IP). I want to do it as a long-term play, and I want to know what you guys thought.
1: Thanks. Okay, international paper uh, manufactures printing, writing papers, market pulp, uh, packaging products, and container board. I, I you know, in a growing economy this is an economic. It's a it's a cyclical stock, so the economy is doing well, it usually does well. Um, so I'm thinking, yeah, let's look at the price first. Let's see how where there's value here. Um, they're going to make $3.04 next year after making $2.97 this year. But last year they made $4.43. So it came way down from last year to this year. That's the estimate anyways. Sales have been shrinking 3 to 8% for the last three or four quarters before that, they were a year before that they were growing four to five to six percent. So, are they going to turn around their growth? And remember, this is an international paper for everybody, so it's a worldwide company. It's not just here in the United States. So, if the whole world starts picking up, they will pick up. Uh, recent, there's recent. It's selling at forty four dollars and fifty cents. That's up from forty one a couple weeks ago. But the high this year, the last fifty-two weeks, is has been around forty-seven, and that was in December when it made that high. So, you know, I probably is going to go back to that high. But is it worth more than that? Well, is three dollars and four cents? What's the PE on that? If you gave it a normal fifteen PE like the market long-term market. That'll be a $45 stock and it's at forty-four fifty. So I don't think there's a lot of upside to it. I just don't. Um, it pays a 4.6% dividend. And there is a reason that you could buy it because the dividend is very solid. The cash flow is very good at $7.84. So they will probably be easily be able to pay the dividend. Okay? Dividends, the payout ratio is well under 50%. So, they should be able to pay it. Well, under well, it's under sixty percent, anyways. Okay, uh, Brian from Philadelphia, hold on. You'll be next after the break. On the next invest talk, the FTC will investigate hundreds of past acquisitions made by the big tech, including Microsoft, Google, Apple, Amazon, Facebook. So the FTC is putting the pressures on these big tech companies. That story is going to be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
3: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck. Because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
1: Let's talk to Brian in Philadelphia. How you doing, Brian?
2: Hey, Steve. How you doing?
1: Good. Thanks for holding on.
2: No problem. Yeah, so I had a question. So I have a position in a stock, SS like thomas i um it's shot spotter they do gun detection and i have a cost average of 35 dollars uh, it's it down a little bit and i was just trying to see if uh what you think of the stock and if you think it's going to go past that 35 five dollar price
0: uh, so i can actually uh sell that off and get out of it
1: Okay, um, it's a pretty speculative play. SSTI is Shops, Shots Spotter Inc. developed uh, developed security devices which detects gunfire, alerts a- uh, authorities, and analyzes the area. It's a very small company, high risk, but it does make money. You know my rule: don't buy companies that don't make money. This one's making money. It made last year eight cents a share, and they're going to make this year twenty-seven cents a share. So that's a good time, but it's a thirty-dollar stock, twenty-nine ninety-five. It's pretty expensive. Okay, don't think it's cheap. It's not, but it is making money. Sales growth have slowed down in recent quarters. A year ago, they were growing fifty percent every quarter in sales. Now, this most recent quarter, which is reported as September two thousand nineteen, so you know we haven't got we haven't got updated numbers yet, but it slowed down to eight percent growth. So the sales growth has tailed off. So that's going to be your danger. And that's probably what caused it to fall. Okay. The anticipation of growth slowing. It hit a bottom in October. And ever since then, that was, that bottom was a little bit below 20. Ever since then, it's been coming back. I think it has a pretty on a, just on a chart basis, it looks like it has a pretty good shot of breaking, uh, breaking $32 a share, uh, and it's going to start to really, if, if it can get up to the mid 40s, that's where it's going to stop going up. That, that's where it's going to hit a lot of resistance. I think uh, it needs to grow around its sales growth. I'm a little bit concerned if you, you know, uh, uh, Brian. If the sales growth is still, you know, below in the uh, below 10 percent, below 15 percent, the most recent report that's going to be coming out, I would probably exit it because it's not growing fast enough to justify you know, the, the 100 PE ratio it has based on next year's earnings. Okay? So uh, that's what I would do. I'd be very careful at this point. <clears throat> Good luck with it. Hope it works for you, Brian. Let's go to Ron in the Bay Area. How you doing, Ron?
3: Hi. Uh, I
2: wanted to ask you about
3: Sempra Energy, S-R-E. Um, it, it actually kind okay. of fits in with that call you that you just had. Uh, my uh, my kid's grandmother, my mom, uh, put about a thousand dollars worth of that stock into one of those uniform minor uh, custodial accounts, and uh, right. the account's worth about you know over twenty thousand dollars now, and uh, uh, you know it's all it's all Sempra stock. Uh, and uh, just wondering what you think about that going forward. And we're probably going
2: to have to sell some of it to diversify a
1: little bit of that. But, uh. Yeah, that would probably be my my only thing. is Only one stock is just higher, higher risk, even if the stock is very good. And this is a very good stock. Separate Energy, everybody. Holding company providing natural gas and electric utility services to 1.5 million electric and six... Million gas consumers. Okay, they're out of San Diego, California. Uh, they're made six dollars and twenty three cents. Let's go back last year. In two thousand eighteen, they made five dollars and fifty five cents a share. Two thousand nineteen, they're going to make six dollars and twenty three cents. We still haven't got the final number yet. And two thousand twenty, estimate to make seven dollars and fourteen cents every year. This stock has increased its earnings every year. For as as far as I, the information I have that goes back, that's ten years. So that's why why it's doing well. It's so steady. Pays a two point four percent dividend. It's a hundred fifty eight dollar stock going to make seven dollars and forty one cents. Okay, so that means your P E is what twenty three, and the five year range is seventeen to twenty seven. So it's getting closer to the high end of that. That's your danger. It's probably getting close to peaking. Uh, Ron, that's that's the danger you have. It's done very very well. If you if you put this back in the drawer and don't open it ten years from now, twenty years from now, you'll still make a lot of money. But it's just high risk, only one stock. But it's one of those stocks. It's a utility. It should be around forever. Should. Okay, Ron, appreciate the call. That's S R E symbol. Sempra. Sempre energy, everybody. Eight 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 ninety nine chart, that's our number, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Is the market showing signs of being tired? Well not today, obviously, but yesterday it had a, a reversal during the day. And we call that a shooting star, where it was shot up in the day and then it ended near the bottom. So that's the worry. That's where we I got some more to add to that. But we gotta get to our tribute question. Okay, as any recent college student or parent of a student knows, obtaining a degree requires a much bigger financial sacrifice and commitment than it was a generation ago. So, as we go to break, here's my financial trivia question. Over the past 30 years, how much of an increase has there been in the average cost to attend a public four-year institution, public college? And by the end of 2019, in dollars, what was the total outstanding student debt Amount, loan debt. I'll have the answer for you after the break, but now we're taking your market and financial questions live, 888 99 chart. This is
3: Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principles Participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investstock.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open.
1: 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. Over the past 30 years, how much of an increase has there been in the average cost to attend public four-year college institution by the end of 2019 in dollars also what was the total outstanding student loan debt how much so here's the answer over the past three decades the average cost to attend a public four-year institution has more than tripled much higher than inflation over that time why shouldn't not that much there's no reason for it In the same period, the past 30 years, the average cost to attend a private four-year school has more than doubled. Private, this is private, Uh, um, and that comes from the college board. So why has public colleges more than tripled and private colleges more than doubled? Why would a public college be more, go up faster? No one's even asking these questions, you know, why? It shouldn't be, shouldn't. There's no reason for that. Now, for, for many Americans, footing the bill through savings and investments simply isn't, isn't possible. The upshot, more students and their families are relying on loans to pursue this higher education because of the cost. Soaring college costs, a big factor in student loan debt. With out-of-state tuition and fees averaging $26,200 per year for a four-year public university and 35830 for a private college. $35,000. Remember there's thousands of students here. Where's all that money going to? The average student loan balance per barrier, per borrow, hit a, hit borrower hit a hit a record of uh, in 2018, $35,000. And now this now borrowers who don't complete their degree have a much harder time paying off their loans. So you go into college, you don't get a degree, and you have this huge debt when you come out of it. Over 70% of full-time undergraduate students receive grant aid that helps them pay for college, but it doesn't pay for all the expenses. And finally, in 2019, outstanding student loan debt reached an all-time high of $1.41 trillion. I have, I have a number of beefs with this. First of all, there's no way that it should be tripling and no way that a public school should be, prices for a public college be going up faster than a private college. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I have another beef. Many private colleges, they have endowments. They could pay for all the tuition for all their students and it wouldn't cause them a problem at all especially the ivy league schools what are they doing with those billions of dollars they have this bothers me you know uh, and p- private public p- public colleges why, why are they going up so much you know go go on to a public college campus and see what's going on there they seem to always be able to be putting up new buildings you know, how much are they paying their, the, the professors? And then where's all that money going? That's the simple answer. Where is all of it going? Why has it gone up so much? Okay. And let me finish my talking point. That's just my beef. I have a beef with this this, this uh, cost of college, the cost of college. I'm not saying it should be free. I'm just saying that it seems to be out of control, out of control. Okay, and before uh, I had, you know, I had was I wanted to talk about before I was into it, but then the, we ran out of time. Uh, is the market showing signs of being tired or over? Well, it, one of the reasons I wrote this down because I noticed there was a a, a particular pattern yesterday called a shooting star for the S and P 500, but then it erased it today. But Uh, Did you notice also that growth stocks are the ones that are super expensive where value stocks are super cheap and more so than normal than any other time in the recent history? High beta far outperforms low beta stocks. We're talking about big tech, big tech, you know, technology stocks. They've been skyrocketing. And for very little reason, I hate to say. Very little reason. There are reasons, but they're not very strong. Maybe I can get to those. I have, you know, some information about that. And it's going to be one of my talking points later. Now, as you know, Justin and I make it a practice to get as many caller questions as possible. So let's do that now. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART.
2: Hello, Steve and Justine. I love your show and appreciate what you're doing. I had a question around traditional IRAs and how that impacts backdoor Roth contributions. I recently changed my job and now I have to decide what I should do with the 401k I have with my old employer. I have only two choices. Choice one roll over the old 401k to my new employer's 401k, but I don't like the options available in the new 401k. Their best performing fund was up only. last year when the market was up 32%. My choice number two is roll over the old 401k to a self-directed traditional IRA at something like Vanguard or Fidelity or anywhere else. The question I had is since I do backdoor Roth contributions rolling over the old 401k to a self-directed traditional IRA, will it complicate my Rock, backdoor Roth rock conversions and contributions. I look forward to listening to your response on the show. Thanks again for your inputs. Have a good day.
1: Okay, good question. I would probably roll it over into an IRA. I, I usually old 401ks. I I generally recommending rolling over to the rolling over into an IRA. You can put that in an uh, regular IRA an old 401k. If it was a Traditional 401k because they have Roth 401ks now that you can roll over to a Roth IRA. But I don't usually suggest you roll it into your new company's 401k because of the very reasons he pointed out. The choices are usually limited and not very good. I would suggest, though, you don't roll it into a Vanguard or Fidelity. I would roll it over into a uh, a discount brokers like maybe TD Ameritrade or E-Trade, Scott Trade, then you can still buy those Vanguard and Fidelity Mutual Funds if you want, but why lock yourself into their family of funds? You don't need to. Anyways, um, and no, the answer is it will not affect your backdoor Roth conversions. It will not affect that. Not as far as tax consequences. There is none. There's no tax consequences rolling that into an IRA, regular IRA. If you try to roll it from a regular 401k to a Roth IRA, then you got problems. Because all that money is distribution and you have to pay income tax on it, so you don't do that. Don't do it that way. Just roll it over to a regular IRA. Good question, though. That's a good question. Um... I'm Steve Peasley. Everybody, you're listening to Invest Talk, and you are in good company. We, you know, we we keep track of how many listeners we have, uh, both on the radio and, of course, the podcasters. And and again, I want to thank you for being a listener. 20 million downloads. We really appreciate that. Just, I thank you. Please be sure to tell your friends, family. Okay. um, Remember, you can listen to us live on our web uh, website at InvestTalk.com, and of course, you can download it you know, on your podcast. Also, you can take our, at the investtalk.com You you take our questionnaire, our risk-alized questionnaire, and this will help you understand how much risk you're taking. And then we kind of guide you as to what it means. When you take the little questionnaire short, only a few minutes, and we kind of guide you as to what it, what it means for you. And we can also do the same thing for your portfolio. Put that in the risk-alized software. And of course, you can always call our KPP financial offices, Irvine, of California, we will help you. We promise. We want to help you. For now, our phone lines are open at 888 99 Chart.
3: This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley will be in San Jose, California to conduct his no cost and no obligation portfolio review consultations on February 27th. But Steve has already filled his appointment schedule for that day. So, a new consultation date has been added on March 20th. Justin Klein will travel to San Jose. Serious investors should go to the Portfolio Review page at investtalk.com and register early for the best times. And now, you want unbiased answers, and Steve and Justin are ready to take your questions. Call InvestTalk, 888 99 chart 888-992-4278.
1: Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's talk to Robert in Vancouver. How are you doing, Robert?
0: I'm good. How are you, Steve?
1: Are you in Vancouver, Washington, or Vancouver, Canada?
0: Vancouver, Washington.
1: I have lots of relatives in Vancouver. I have over twenty or thirty of them right in there. So wow. I know that area well. Yeah. Yep. My wife has two sisters live there, and one of the sisters has twelve children. So. Wow.
0: Really
1: yeah. Awesome. So you want to talk about Verizon?
0: Yeah, VZ, and I'm wondering. Um, Look at the financials and everything. At least to me, seems fine. I think that it probably went down just because of the whole T-Mobile Sprint merger. This is a yep. good buy at this price.
1: It's not a bad price. Uh, Verizon, VZ, is a symbol. Everybody knows it's a you know it provides local exchange network access, data, wireless information services, in the U.S. and over 150 other countries. So it's not just a U.S. company. It's a big, big company, $240 billion, huge company. They're going to make $4.95 this year, then $5.14 next year. They're very slow growth, but they are growing. Sales growth about 1%, maybe 2% a quarter. Uh, earnings are growing 3%, maybe 4% a year. But it pays a 4.2% dividend, which is still pretty good. And the P.E. is 12 And next year, when it makes five dollars and fourteen cents, and the stock is fifty-eight dollars a share, we're talking about a little bit below twelve, like eleven and a half PE, and the five-year range is ten to fifteen, so it's near the low of the range. So, yeah, I think you know, I think it's still it's one of those blue chip stocks, Robert, that you buy when it when it when it goes on sale, and then just hold on to it. Now, it would be ideal to buy it in a recession, but I don't see a recession yet. So, you could buy it at this price, and I think it would be okay. And if it ever fell down, you know, into the 30s, I'd buy more if it ever did that. You know, it wouldn't be one to just get it rid of. Robert, well, I appreciate it. Uh, Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? Oh, uh,
0: good, Steve. How you
2: doing? I thought it was Justin on Heart uh, earlier, but... Hey, uh thanks oh. for uh, taking my call. Appreciate your Thank show. You. Um so um, I've been thinking about uh, buying PACW. I think it's a Pacific West Bank, I think is what's it called. Yes.
1: Um mm-hmm. what do you mm-hmm. think? Is
2: financial okay right now? or I'm
1: not sure. Okay. I, I don't think I think they're okay. Excuse me. I think they're fine. Uh, this is Bank West Corp. It's a 4.3 billion dollar billion company and I kind of like the mid-sized banks. I'm not keen on the big huge ones really, but the mid banks seem to have some good values and they pay pretty good dividends. This is PacWest Bank uh-huh. Corporation, a holding company for Pacific Western Bank operating via 74 branches throughout California and a one branch in uh, and where is that? I can What's NA? I don't, I don't know who that is. Um, anyways, they're going to make three dollars and thirty-four cents this year, three forty-four next year. They made three ninety last year, so that's why they got hit because their earnings went down. Sales are you know pretty flat this most recent quarter, uh, down a little bit. But sales before that were up three to six percent. Anyways, they're going to make three dollars and forty-four cents since it's thirty-six dollar stock. So you're looking at it, what 10, 10 11 PE, and it pays a six point six dividend percent, six point six percent on the dividend. I'm sure that's why you're looking at it, isn't it, Chris? The dividend.
2: Yeah, yeah, dividend. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think the and the cash flow is four dollars and thirty seven cents, so they can pay that dividend. It's not in danger of any you know, being cut or anything. It's not. So, I think it's a good. I think it's a good price. I do. If you're going to buy a bank, this would be a good time to buy this particular bank. You know, I think it's a, I think it's pretty pretty good price. This is where I'd buy it if if I was going to buy this bank. Okay? Good luck with it. I hope it works out for you. Well, you will get the dividend, that's for sure. And it's a solid bank. I kind of like these mid-sized banks because of these reasons. They have good values, and they're not overpriced, and they pay a decent dividend. So... Problem is, value stocks aren't really working. It's one of my talking points. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is a value investor. You know that, right? That's his whole thing, all his life. He learned that from some very good teachers of his, and now he teaches other people. Well, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Company was up 10% in 2019. That's like 20% below the S&P 500. Which is, you know, why? Why is that? Because he's a value investor. I'm a value investor. My performance wasn't that great either last year because of the value stocks we'd like to own. Well, why is that happening? Okay, the last time he had this big of a gap that he underperformed the S&P 500 was in, was in 1999, 1999, okay? The Buffett indicator was his GT, GDP... Uh, divided by market cap? Well, that's at it, the high that it was in 1999. He has more cash on hand, $122 billion than he ever has had. He's not buying. He's being very cautious. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here. Help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART.
3: Next Invest Talk, the FTC says it will investigate hundreds of past acquisitions made by big tech, including Microsoft, Google, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve 888 99 Chart.
2: Steve and Justin, hi, this is uh, Joe from Carson, Nevada. I. Uh Wanted to ask a question on the program. i had been listening to it over the past year or maybe year and a half, and uh, you had continually been shorting Tesla stock. Wanted to know uh, how that's been going for you and how that's turned out for your clients' portfolios and personally what I should do with my shorted Tesla stock. Thanks for the advice. We'll hear your answer on the show.
1: Well, obviously, the short hasn't worked. We have we have shorted Tesla in one of our programs, and uh, it's gone up. I mean, Tesla has skyrocketed. It's a car company that has very little justification for the price it's paying. But everybody's excited about it. I mean, if you look at just the sales, the two, September 9, 2019, sales shrank by 8%. And then the December sales, the last quarter of last year, grew 2%. Before that, sales were going 59, 33, 120, 130% in the previous quarters. Now, they are said they're going to be making money uh, this year, $8.48. Remember, it's a $767 stock. They're going to make $8.46. The, and they have huge debt. This is what worries us the most, is the debt. So they've had a big, what we call short squeeze. In other words, there was a lot of people shorting it, including us, and it gone up. That means we're losing money on that that particular position. This is why you never, ever buy too much of any one position. Our normal buys are 3% of portfolios. So whether we short a stock or buy stock long, it's never more than 3%. And we only have a couple of shorts, only two and only in one program, and Tesla is one of them. So, yeah, has not worked. What should you do? I think it's too late to get I would stay with the short because I think it will come down, um, but I'm not going to stay with it very long. I'm looking for an opportunity to cover the short and to get out of that position. But, yeah, we've lost money on this this particular position. But appreciate the call. TSLA, Tesla, done very, very well. If, the the thing I is hard to believe is that it's a car company. Look at all the other car companies and what their P.E. ratios are, and what their stocks have been doing. What makes Tesla that much difference now that it's not growing very much? It hasn't in the last two quarters. And they got lots of competition coming. I'm not sure why everybody is so hyped up on it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's a great car. Don't get me wrong. It's a great car. They make good cars. 888 99 chart 992 4278 big tech gets bigger uh, but do you know the top five tech stocks made 55 billion dollars in the most recent quarter quarter 55 billion in the most recent quarter do you know that the five top stock, the top, the five big tech represents 20% of the S&P 500 income and 20% of the S&P, uh, of the entire market? <laughs> now, F- this is the problem they're having. They're getting so big, they're, att- they're attracting more and more and more attention from the FTC. And as I mentioned earlier, the FTC recently asked all five about to give the ftc the for the last 10 years every company they acquired they want to know what companies they acquired the last 10 years do you think the fc ftc is just asking asking these questions just because no they're trying to they're, they're thinking to break them up in some way shape or form they're not saying that we're not seeing it they're not There's no lawsuit yet from the STC, but this isn't just one of a number of questions they've been asking. So don't expect, don't think it's not going to happen. I can't tell you when it's going to happen, and luckily they have an administration. The Trump administration is probably friendly to big business, but that will change someday too. So I'm just saying, be aware. I, I mean, Trust me, I own a couple of the big guys. I'm totally aware that, you know, you want to ride the ride as long as you can, but there are dangers down the road. I'm Steve Peas, and that completes another InvestDoc program, everybody. I will return Friday with the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. Justin will be here tomorrow. In the meantime, I invite you to access our free library of condensed podcasts at Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, or InvestDoc.com.